Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Coming up on 5-Minute News. Proud Boys leaders get longest sentences in January 6 attack. Election workers receive threats of lynching, US government says. And dozens killed in Johannesburg apartment block fire. It's Friday, September 1. I'm Anthony Davis. Two former leaders of the far-right Proud Boys extremist group were sentenced to more than a decade each in prison yesterday for spearheading an attack on the US Capitol to try to prevent the peaceful transfer of power from Donald Trump to Joe Biden after the 2020 election. The 17-year prison term for organiser Joseph Biggs and 15-year sentence for leader Zachary Rell were the second and third longest sentences handed down yet in the January 6, 2021 attack. They were the first Proud Boys to be sentenced by US District Judge Timothy Kelly, who will separately preside over similar hearings of three others who were convicted by a jury in May after a four-month trial in Washington that laid bare the far-right extremists' embrace of lies by Trump that the 2020 election was stolen from him. Enrique Tarrio, a Miami resident who was the Proud Boys national chairman and top leader, is scheduled to be sentenced on Tuesday. Tario wasn't in Washington on January 6. He had been arrested two days before the Capitol riot on charges that he defaced a Black Lives Matter banner during an earlier rally in the nation's capital, and he complied with the judge's order to leave the city after his arrest. He picked Biggs and Proud Boys chapter president Ethan Nordian to be the group's leaders on the ground in his absence, prosecutors said. Real, Biggs, Tario and Nordine were convicted of charges including seditious conspiracy, a rarely brought Civil War era offence. A fifth Proud Boys member, Dominic Pozzola, was acquitted of seditious conspiracy but convicted of other charges. More than a dozen people nationally have been charged with threatening election workers by a Justice Department unit trying to stem the tide of violent and graphic threats against people who count and secure the vote. Government employees are being bombarded with threats even in normally quiet periods between elections, secretaries of state and experts warn. Some point to disgraced former President Donald Trump and his allies repeatedly and falsely claiming the 2020 election was stolen and spreading conspiracy theories about election workers. Experts fear the 2024 election could be worse and want the federal government to do more to protect election workers. The Justice Department created the Election Threats Task Force in 2021, led by its Public Integrity Section, which investigates election crimes. John Keller, the unit's second-in-command, said that the department hoped its prosecutions would deter others from threatening election workers. 
Two more men pleaded guilty on Thursday to threatening election workers in Arizona and Georgia in separate cases. Attorney General Merrick Garland said the Justice Department would keep up the investigations, adding, A functioning democracy requires that the public servants who administer our elections are able to do their jobs without fearing for their lives. More than 70 people were killed overnight when a fire raged through a rundown five-storey Johannesburg apartment block, one of the worst such disasters in a city where poverty, household fires and homelessness are widespread. The building was gutted, blackened by soot and was still smouldering last night as emergency services gathered around it and bodies lay covered in blankets on a nearby street. The block is owned by municipal authorities, who more than 12 hours after the blaze broke out were still unable to provide a clear picture of who had lived there. One official said some rooms had been rented out by criminal gangs in a so-called hijacked building. Johannesburg officials initially suggested the building had been occupied by squatters, but the head of the Human Settlements Department for the Gauteng province, which includes Joburg, said some of those who died may have been renting from or were being extorted by criminal gangs. There are cartels who prey on vulnerable people, because some of these buildings, if not most of them, are actually in the hands of those cartels who collect rent from the people, he said. A sign at the entrance of the block identified it as a heritage building from South Africa's apartheid past, where black South Africans came to collect their Dompas, documents that would enable them to work in white-owned areas of the city. Johannesburg remains one of the most unequal cities with widespread poverty, joblessness and a housing crisis. It has about 15,000 homeless people, according to the Gauteng government. Household fires are common in Johannesburg, especially in poor areas. One of the poorest townships, Alexandra, has seen hundreds of homes raised in several fires over the past five years. The city suffers from chronic power shortages, during which many resort to candles for light, during which many resort to candles for light and wood fires for heat. Authorities said the cause of the fire was still under investigation. 5-Minute News is an evergreen podcast covering politics, inequality, health and climate, delivering independent, unbiased and essential world news daily. History is complicated. The story of human progress is long, messy and riddled with controversies big and small. On Conflicted, we dive headfirst into history's most infamous events and contentious figures. We try and untangle the good from the bad, the fact from the fiction, and the monsters from the misunderstood. Was Genghis Khan a murderous butcher or a civic pioneer? Did the Allied powers go too far in firebombing the German city of Dresden at the twilight of World War II? And how did the Marquis de Sade acquire such a sinister reputation? And was any of it true? These are just a few of the tough questions we wrestle with and investigate on Conflicted. So if you love history or just enjoy a good story, please join me, your host, Zach Cornwell, for a fascinating new topic each and every month. Conflicted, a history podcast, is available on Spotify, Apple, or wherever else you get your podcasts. I hope to see you soon.